hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Reminders. Now that I've got the intro episodes through, we can get to the good stuff. So today I have a very good friend of mine coming on to converse. Selena is someone that I met in college. We both went to Columbia College, Chicago. She was born and raised in Chicago. I was just up there for school. And I was remembering that the first time we met was actually in one of Columbia's practice spaces. And I remember they had a piano in there. And I, I don't play a whole lot of piano, but I was jamming on piano. She was on bass. And I remember we, we reached some pretty mystical uh, jam space. Got got pretty groovy. Um, I was just remembering that. But anyway, so she is someone who's got her toes in a lot of different pools. So she's a musician, as I mentioned, but she's probably more primarily an artist. Um, she designed the cover art of what you just saw if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I released a single last year called Enough, and she did the cover art for that single as well as the artwork for the EP that that song's from, which is called the Fate Weaving EP. So she's a really brilliant artist. She's an energy practitioner as well. And we didn't get too, too deep into any of that, but one of her hobbies that's been resurfacing lately is crocheting. So she talks a lot about that and how um, getting back into that has sort of catalyzed a breakthrough of some self-limiting beliefs. So I'll let her share that story. But it was just a really fun, organic, free-flowing conversation. We get into a lot of different stuff. Started with morning routines and a bunch of other stuff I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was it was a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy listening. Uh, quick disclaimer, we did record this via Zoom. So the connection is breaks up a little bit. Mostly in the beginning, there's there's some glitchiness in her audio, but um, be patient. It, it smooths out later on. So anyway, without further delay, here we go. Um, my day is going good. I just woke up. Um, oh, it's one, two, three. Um, I was up late finishing the sweater. It definitely took longer than I thought because around the bottom was about the length time it would take to make a scarf so wow but i'm so glad it's done it's like i couldn't sleep i think about anything else i will wake up some mornings um like you know in that in between space yeah like, and i was like i was like half awake but like dreaming that i was crocheting oh my gosh <laughs> going hard on that is that the sweater that you're wearing right now yep. that's it nice wow that looks amazing <laughs> dang you. so how long did that take you all in all i kind of wasn't keeping track but i started on it i think it was last monday and i worked on it like every other day in at least six hour chunks i think the most i worked some days was like eight hours wow dang Sounds like at least like a part-time job week. That's awesome. It looks great. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the scarves and those look amazing too, but like you got <laughs> arms and a neck and like it's all proportional and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Heck yeah. I wanted to like, I found like this really fancy pattern. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go hard or go home. Because I want my first sweater to be, like, super dope. <laughs> yeah, got you. Well, nailed it. Mission accomplished. What's what's going on with your sleep schedule? Just <laughs> Is it mostly just because, been because you've been working on the sweaters? Like mostly, but also, um, I've noticed the last few days, 
I've really been hitting this sort of like this vein of really mystical in between space, like before the sunrise. Mm. And it's been really nice to feel that because I feel like I used to have a lot of days like that, but I haven't felt it in a long time. Gotcha. And so I'm kind of like almost like excited to be up ridiculously late because of that sort of feel. Because I feel like like the veil is thin. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I don't remember where I heard this from, but there was a small window of time where I was hearing like a lot of synchronicities around exactly what you're talking about, like 4 a.m., that there's some sort of like mystical window, like you said, maybe the veil is thinner type of energy. And also just mm-hmm. like literally knowing that like most of you know, your your town or city or country asleep. is asleep, you know? So that's kind of cool in and of itself. But, yeah. Do you ever... energy um, encompassing you from other people. Right, yeah, kind of a pause from, from the collective psychic energy that's buzzing at, you know, during the workday, whatever. Do you ever wake up? intentionally at that time you wake up super early or you just always stay up super late (laughs) let's slow down for a second because you've been asking me lots of really good questions but how are you doing today okay all right i'm doing i'm doing pretty good i mean i i knew that we were going to do this call so i was trying not to stay up too late last night (laughs) i was like 11 (laughs) o'clock i can be up and running by 11 definitely awake but like I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's ten o'clock your time. <laughs> I, like I'll definitely be awake by ten or eleven for sure. But like having my body actually warmed up and like my voice warmed up, maybe mm-hmm. not so much. So it's been chill. I worked on some stuff and took some time outside in the sun before hopping on the call and stuff like that. My my morning routine isn't too robust these days, but I'm I'm pretty. I'm in a good space with it. You know, I make sure I get my water and, you know, hydrate myself with a couple glasses of water. And I've been, I've been doing a uh, apple cider vinegar water after a good glass of just, you know, pure water. I'll do another glass of, uh, diluted with ACV mm-hmm. and, um, I'm out of lemons, but I've been getting back on the drinking lemon juice kick, you know, that I used to do that all the time. And I took like, probably two years or more off of that routine, you know. I'm sure you remember when I was living in Price Hill. What's that? You took this off? Oh, like a break. Okay. Yeah, no, I just, I stopped doing the, the lemon juice in the morning. And I think partially it might have been because I had moved spaces and I was just kind of like out of my routine. And the yeah. other part of it was that I was getting privy to like the alkaline diet and, and whatnot, you know, trying to eat anti-inflammatory and, you know, Mm -hmm. steering away from acidic foods and stuff like that. And I read that, you know, lemon is obviously an acidic citrus fruit. But I recently heard, so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be, like, pumping myself with, like... The way the body processes it isn't acidic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's what I was about to say. But I I just found that out recently. That mm-hmm. it, it does metabolize as alkaline, um, 
But I think it's probably still a good idea to, like, drink water before, you know, putting such... Because it is acidic going in, but you, you mm-hmm. metabolize it and it becomes alkaline. So, I mean, there's tons of health benefits. Even if it was acidic, there is tons of health benefits. Bunch of vitamin C, other stuff that I don't understand because I'm not a scientist. But, um, yeah, so I've gotten back on that habit. And try to do, like, a little bit of stretching and stuff. But, yeah, like I said, that's about it. It's interesting how we hear so many different things about, like, the things we do and eat or whatever. Yeah, so true. And, like, based on that information, like, we change, and maybe we hear something else, and we change back, and we change again. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I've been thinking about that a little bit lately because um, I follow this woman who I worked with in New York, and she's um, a dietitian, but she like has this niche where she focuses on intuitive eating, and I just I really like that she focuses instead of like what you're eating and where it's coming from and stuff because that can get really stressful when you're trying to nourish yourself yeah like not saying we should ignore it but uh, like sometimes it gets a little out of hand like an obsession um but anyway she emphasizes the importance of like really being present and feeling into your body's responses to what you're eating and to what you're craving mm-hmm. and uh I've I've found her channel really helpful and it's really I think important to be honest with ourselves about how the things that we're eating are make us making us feel and like not to feel guilty or anything but like to just take a note of it to have a deeper awareness because um, I think a lot of times we eat stuff because we feel like we should but like it doesn't actually feel right you know or you know it could feel right day one but then if you get obsessive about it then it's like hey you still need to eat the rainbow like we need variety in our diet you know and just the mental aspect of it which i think is mostly your point is like if we create the should around it and then we're putting like obligatory energy into what we're nourishing ourselves with or trying to nourish ourselves with you know but I I immediately thought of uh, one of the first things that I had heard when I was getting into you know more um, conscious eating journey I'll say which is a really pompous way of saying just mentally getting privy onto you know what's healthy for us to be eating because I was eating a bunch of junk and you know finding myself compulsively eating stuff that I knew wasn't wasn't good for me you know um so in college I read a book by Dr. Andrew Weil trying to remember which one it was I know um one of my professors gave me one of his books called um spontaneous healing but that's not Mm -hmm. the one I'm referring to I can't remember what it was called but he was talking about uh are you familiar with Dr. Weil so he's pretty cool because he's um he's truly a hybrid between like a md and a naturopathic doctor he studied both eastern and western approaches to medicine so he has a pretty cool perspective um unique to at the least 
But in this subject, he was talking about how it's not about finding out what the right foods or wrong foods are. It's really about what you're getting at. He was saying, trust your senses, like trust your intuition when it comes to like, are you attracted to this particular food? You know, and if you know that you're attracted to, you know, junk food, like donuts and, you know, whatever, trans fats and stuff, like maybe, maybe that's a question of like, what am I emotionally trying to get out of this interaction? Which is a really key question too, but you know, just on the pure, like nourishment side of things, like trust your senses. Does it smell good? Does it taste rewarding? You know, medicine for one person isn't necessarily medicine for another person at a, at the same time, you know? And it goes back to we need different things at different times. Another thing, too. I think that's really important. Like, does it... Is it just, like, good for somebody else? Or is it really good for you? The person who wrote the article about how great it is has a totally different system from yeah, you. absolutely. And they explore different aspects of that food or that product or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of it as, like, somewhat of, like, the growing pains of the human species becoming such a global community, you know, because we, yeah, you know, we all like biologically grew up in different contexts and that's, what's so amazing about the human body is that we're so adaptive so we can make basically anything work, you know, but now we have this smorgasbord of options and it's just like, I mean, there's, there's a ton of components to this conversation, you know, soil health and all that stuff too and obviously processed food being probably the most um available but maybe the least nutritious of our options but yeah so i think it's it's one of those things that we we try to lean into science to give us the answers to the mystery but you know figuring out a solution for one context doesn't mean it's going to work in every context and that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's why the nutritionist uh, conversation changes every couple years, you know? First it was, fats are bad, what? you know? Then it was, carbs are bad, fats are good, you know? And all this stuff. It used to be, sugar is energy, eat eat tablespoon sugar, <laughs> like, it's just good for you, it's just energy. It's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> you know? So, we're learning. I... I notice how this um, information, you know, how we get so much different information and it kind of goes back and forth about food, like we were talking about. But I can't help but notice how it ties into like the bigger age of information thing going on, where in a lot of circles, and I know we've talked about this too, is that people are starting to realize that there's so much information that they do have to go inward Mm -hmm. in order to have some clarity i think people are starting to realize it's like oh my gosh all this external stuff is always back and forth this thing one day and then thing the next and like we're running around (laughs) that pendulum swing yeah absolutely Um, and i think it's really a call to go within in many cases. Yeah, I, you already know I absolutely agree with you. And I, I do feel like that's really a huge motivation for this podcast and a lot of the work that I do in general, you know, to 
use the tools we have, the internet, you know, and online communication, and use these tools to remind people to, like, flip our focus every now and again. Because while you're right, I don't know that too many people are naturally finding that solution. You know, a lot of people are, myself included, to to a large extent, you know, we mm-hmm. are kind of just going round and round in the, uh, the circles in the mind of, you know, what, what do I need to be focusing on now? You know, what's the, the new fear or uh, new enemy for us to collectively battle or whatever? And right. it's just like, you know, we need spokespeople for the, uh, to, to, to re-script that idea and to present the idea that the battles we need to be overcoming are, are truly internal battles first and foremost, you know, mm-hmm. um, we can, we can try to rid ourselves of a disease in the external world, but if we haven't acknowledged our own existential dread, you know, we're always going to be coming up to another thing that's going to trigger that existential dread, you know? And those, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's heavy stuff, you know? Wait, you broke up. What was the last thing you said? I said we we keep repeating the lessons. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, it, it's not it's not truly either or. You know, that's the beauty of the non duality perspective is that it's it's always this and that. You know, it's both. It's always both. We try in our overly analytical human minds to put everything in neat little categories, you know, right and wrong and inner mm-hmm. versus outer. But like, ultimately the outer is the inner, the inner is the outer, you know, but I think there is a important discernment as to which we, um, attend to first. Do we rely mm-hmm. on our external world to show us what's up to show us the truth? Or do we rely on the internal world to, um, you know, tap into that mystery from a different perspective? Mm-hmm. From a more playful and personal space, you know, I feel like in that space we can be more um, creative with our experience on Earth rather than feeling just a r- random, like almost victim to this roller coaster of life, you know, that it's just happening to us and that we have no actual part to play in it, especially if you lean into the determinism, you know, materialist paradigm, you know. Do you know what I mean by that? I don't. I don't know what determinism is. That would be like the opposite of free will. So there's this big conversation about: is it free will? Do we oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Versus the idea that like the Big Bang happened and everything is just you know bowling balls or, or billiard balls. Just you know the atoms, the things happening. We're just on the ride. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, we we have this perception that we think we're. T- taking these actions then and that we're having these thoughts but like there's even been studies to show that our subconscious brain our subconscious mind actually makes the decision before we've consciously decided to make a decision that. yeah i've seen that i yeah. wonder if you said that to me like a long time ago <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't know where i heard that i don't think it was in an article or anything like that so i'm not sure that it did but um yeah it is something that i've heard and you know who knows who knows but the idea of, uh, you know, I, I mean, we're getting real deep real fast, but <laughs> my, my take on, uh, on that whole conversation is, 
that I, you, you know me, I believe in timelines. I believe in, you know, the multiverse theory that basically, you know, I mean, I think of it, I think of it in terms of if we know from a mathematical and scientific standpoint that infinity is a thing, if the universe is truly infinite, then ever then we can't even fathom what that means. But that would mean that every single possibility, every single one plus infinity is possible. So to me, that's just like, yeah, okay, I could totally see that like there are these parallel timelines and and with our thoughts and emotions and actions, we are always currently deciding on an either subconscious level or a conscious level, if we bring it into conscious awareness, we're in every moment deciding which timeline we're aligning ourselves with. Again, based on our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my take on free will. I think that we are freely deciding which determined path we're going to witness and experience, you know? I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Yeah. Like how so, just as far as like what actions you're taking and stuff like that? Um, a couple nights ago, which was like the first night I started feeling that kind of like really mystical in between space, in between uh, like before the sunrise. Yeah. Um, I was approaching and these were like between the hours of 2 and 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was listening to some podcasts on repeat. And I don't know if you've heard of the reality revolution. No. Um, it's this guy who reads um, from a whole bunch of different um, books about thought, the way that you think and stuff, and how that contributes to manifestation. And okay. so I was listening to uh, like a few of his podcasts, like I think it was three of them, and I listened to those same three on repeat a few times. Mm -hmm. And um. Like, two of them in particular were about um, how the way that we work, if, if it's done from a state of willing to provide service instead of trying to get money, um, it, you know, it has a whole different energy <laughs> and effectiveness. Um, I think I kind of went on a tangent, though, but we're talking about, I was thinking about Tangents are good. <laughs> I like what you said. I mean, I really, I really resonate with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were talking about what was the what was the phrase you used? Um, something reality from that podcast you're listening to. Oh, um, it's called the Reality Revolution podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the name of the, the podcast. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. I mean, I, I really vibe with that idea, though. You know, because. It does boil down to intention, and if we if we truly believe in abundance, like what are we tapping into that energy for? The energy that there is enough right. energy, that there's enough to go around, that there's not yeah. a scarcity of resources and and literal energy. Are we tapping into that so that we can get rich and have more than others? You know, exactly. Yeah, or is Those it? that kind of came out one of them in particular yeah yeah so i like that a lot whereas what you're saying um what i'm taking from that is that with the intention that we are here to serve we're like 
consciously participating in that abundance, not to get something from it necessarily, trusting that the, the, the giving is the receiving too, but, but tapping into our role. Okay, if, if the universe is abundance, what do I have to give? You know, how can I make sure that the people I love are taken care of and, and feeling mm-hmm. abundant and stuff like that? So, yeah, I love that. That's, I, I will do well to tune into that often. That's really what it's about. I meant to sing you the podcast a couple of days ago. Yeah, I would like to listen to that for sure. So besides that, what what um, what other like lessons or reminders are coming up for you in life right now, or or just experiences in general? Honestly, I've had a hard time kind of like putting it into words because I haven't been writing as much lately. Mm. But um, crochet. It's like this really unexpected thing that popped back up in my life a couple months ago. And it actually started with this this sweater. I mean, not sweater. This is a scarf. It's kind of big. So I wear it like a shawl. Nice. Just out of the blue, I was like, I need a crochet. (laughs) Like, I was really stressed out. It was a whole bunch of stuff going on in my life. I was not feeling motivated to a lot of the things that I was supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah and um and i just needed like something to feel productive and then i felt like i, I don't know i felt almost felt like i needed to have some control over something in my life <laughs> and so i pulled out some yarn that i had bought like a couple years ago and never got around to and like i just started crocheting and it is, it's been years since I've, like, seriously crocheted. Um, I actually learned to crochet in fifth grade, and that was probably the most I ever did. <laughs> um, but it was really strange to me that, like, it kind of came back. I mean, not strange, it came back. Cause, like, I do a lot of different things. Some of them have to go on the back burner for a while. Right, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that I got so deeply into it so quickly and actually I would even say probably more I got I've gotten more deeply into crochet than I've ever been like aside from when I first learned I was making a lot of stuff but um this is not the biggest project I did but this sweater is like the most complicated project that I've done and it really represents to me overcoming my own limitations about what I can do. So when I was younger, <clears throat> I always used to see pieces like this, sweaters, um, patterns in general. I always felt really intimidated and kind of shut down every time I saw them. And I would think to myself, I can never do that. <laughs> it just looked so freaking difficult. And, and for some reason, that resistance just wasn't there anymore a couple months ago when I started again. So I just started crocheting, and then I just started looking on YouTube because I was like, hmm, maybe I could find some crochet something. Yeah. And then I found out people put their patterns online now, like as videos, so you don't have to like read them. You can just watch them do it. <laughs> That's got to be super helpful. So, so it's like, 
I feel like a few years ago, even seeing the video and how easy it was being made available, like I still would have been so intimidated because of that pattern of like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So not only that, but just like the really sticking it out and finishing it, because I feel like that's something I've really struggled with in my lifetimes. Like I do a lot of different things, but my finishing rate for projects has been like pretty low. And I started to associate that with, I started to identify with that. Yeah. uh, Understandable. And so in that regard, not only what I'm capable of doing has crochet kind of like flipped the script, but also as far as like finishing things, like I have through all the projects I've done lately, I've probably made like 12 scarves in the last few weeks. (laughs) And um, it's amazing. Yeah, actually it has been about 12 because I had to redo a couple of them, but, um, 12 and a couple redos. That's, that's some serious, some serious. So it's like, I've really been able to feel into this different aspect of myself to reflect how I've been changing my beliefs about what I'm capable of. And like the fact that it manifested through crochet was extremely unexpected because let me tell you, I was not thinking anything about crochet (laughs) for years. (laughs) Right. All of a sudden it's like my thing. That's so cool. That's so cool. I love that you shared that. Healing. Mm, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I love that because it's so relevant to what I'm trying to get at with this podcast, you know, like recognizing what our limiting beliefs are, figuring out skills and methods for re-scripting those beliefs. And that's just a perfect example because you just, you prove to yourself that that limiting, that that belief was limiting and not true. And you prove that to yourself just by, you know, I, I think that that's a really beautiful example because like, let's say, let's say there was a painting that you were working on and like, it was like close to being finished, but just, it, it just wasn't there. And like, you were maybe butting up against this belief that like, oh man, I'm not going to finish it. Like I, I always do this, like whatever. But yeah. When when we try to, like, break a habit within something that's, like, already super ingrained, like, I feel like approaching it in a different field, you get where I'm going with this? Like, instead of trying to, yeah, like, break that, through that... That's what I'm kind of trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah, instead it, of, like, doing that in art. that I can apply to every other area of my life. It's like a confidence-building exercise that I can take anywhere with me right right exactly and just the fact that you had that breakthrough in a field that was like sort of adjacent but not not your main thing like i would say like painting and art to me that seems like one of your main things the fact that you did that in something else what was that like what'd you say Crochet has been so far from my main thing. Right, which which I feel like because that's true, your your mental relationship to it isn't already so ingrained. It's like a fresh start exactly. almost. Exactly. Yeah, that's there's so no, cool. There's no resistance there. So much time has passed. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so dope. Heck yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the sweater you're wearing right now and like, I'm mind blown as you as to how you actually did that. I mean, you got the sleeves and the puffs and like the perfect neck and stuff. That's so sweet. <laughs> Go you. That's awesome. Oh, look. Here's the the bottom edge that, that was like, it took as long as the scarf to make. It's just, you know, like the ribbing like on the sleeves. Okay, yeah. all the way Gotcha. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, after I finished last night, I think I finished at like, it was exactly 4.56, I think. Nice. And um, I just like, I just kept staring at it. I took a few pictures and like I kept staring at the pictures of me modeling it on my phone and like of it just sitting there on my bed. And I just couldn't stop looking at it for like 30 minutes. I was like, oh my God, I did that. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> it felt really good. I bet. I bet. Good. Yeah, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Thank you. So. Two questions came up when you were saying that, but I wanted to geek out about just that it was cool that you shared that first. I'm now I'm trying to remember the questions. One of the questions was what I'm trying to remember. The the other question was probably the deeper one. Um do you have any sense as to why you you hesitate to finish projects? Is it even worth getting into it at this point? Honestly, I think just the going through the process of finishing so many crochet pieces over the last few weeks has not only like helped build my confidence, but it helped create a space of healing and observing like why have I repeated that pattern so many times of not finishing things. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been getting a little more insight into it. One of the insights was that, like, yeah, being able to step away from it for, for, for a while. And I do realize that I need to take more breaks from the things that I do, not just, like, stop working on them types of breaks, but, like, mm-hmm. stop thinking about it types of breaks. Gotcha. <laughs> like, I need to let my mind rest away from... um I guess the stresses of projects because I need the space to be renewed and playful in whatever I'm doing. And I think that's why I have so many different like hobbies and skills as well, mm-hmm. but really leaning into that instead of feeling like it was a bad thing that, you know, I'm doing so many different things. But leaning into it is it as a thing that can actually support me and renew me. I feel that. Does that? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I relate to that to a degree. I don't. I don't necessarily feel like I struggle to finish things when I have a clear vision of what it is and what how it makes sense in a context. So, like, I have folders and folders of uh riff ideas you know little guitar lines and stuff Mm -hmm. that i've collected over the past decade or more at this point you know 
And so I could say like, oh man, those are all ideas that I never finished. But a lot of them weren't really like ideas that I ever worked on. They were just little seedlings that happened in a jam of just playing for fun, you know, and I just captured it. Like maybe I'll turn that into a song later. And obviously I did do that for a lot of songs that I've made, you know. Um, You've made a lot of songs. (laughs) I have, I have. And I'm like, sidebar, I'm sort of trying to slow it down a little bit to like, catch up with the releases and like whatever that's the whole thing but um actually i i started writing i did a writing session last night which was a lot of fun because i had i was cleaning out some files on my desktop or whatever and um came across two songs that i had started march of 2021 so like a full year ago i recorded these two song ideas and they're like pretty well fleshed out like they were almost not with lyrics or anything, but like the the guitar like foundation was pretty pretty well set for both of them. So I uh, relearned how to play one of them last night and ended up writing a new section for it and stuff. And that was a lot of fun. Just reminded me how much I enjoy that process. But anyway, uh, reeling it back, I was saying um, that for me, like if I do start a song, like those two songs, that's a perfect example actually. Like, I had those two ideas, but I didn't contextualize them within any project. So they just, so I just forgot about them, you know? Mm-hmm. It, for me, it's not enough to just write a song for its own sake. Like, I always kind of need to anchor them into, like, an album or an EP, you know? Just, that's how I like to explore creating music, is within, like, a context that I can really try out a style, throughout you know 20 minutes or an hour you know whatever you said too like just how much of an impact it had on you to listen to albums all the way through as a full and how a lot of people don't really do that anymore yeah no that's a great point that's definitely surprised it also shows in the way that you create exactly right right i'm definitely catering my music creativity into my own interest as a music listener i like listening to full journeys of you know an album and yeah i mean that's that's really something that i almost struggle with because i am sort of creating within a medium that like feels a little irrelevant now you know and the uh the singles and and playlists uh culture of music listening that we're in now you know the, the spotify era you know, not too many people are listening to full EPs or full, let alone full albums, you know. So, I mean, I'm going to do me. Like, I'm, I'm not real that really worried about it, but I'm just aware of that and trying to figure out ways that I can still, like, bridge that, that gap. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, you know, one, and that's what I was going to say, too, about relating to the idea of, like, trying out a bunch of different things, you know. I've as you know, I've got a bunch of different ideas that I've been, you know, cooking up for years. One of them that I started at some point last year and did like a few episodes of the um, reviews series on my YouTube channel where I was like doing basically like meditative listen. The song reviews. The song reviews. Yes, yeah. I love those. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying. I want to get back into that because I, there was one Radiohead video that like, a lot of people found and I got a lot of positive feedback on that. So every now and again, I'll get another comment on that and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I need to get back into that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I feel like 
using that avenue, like if now that I'm sort of, you know, brushing out all the cobwebs of, you know, whatever stagnation has been going on or, you know, just winter, you know, just needing that time to rest, like you were talking about, you know, to take time away from the constant drudgery of, even if it's creativity, it's still, we, we need to focus on different things. We need nourishment in different ways, you know, right? Right. So, um, but I feel like that particular series is a cool way of inviting people into a deeper relationship with music, you know? So many people, you know, music is just like booty boppers or just something you hear in a commercial or, you know, something to pass the time in a car ride or something like that. But for me, it's like a, it's like a psychedelic. It's a mind expanding, like, modality for being present and being, you know entertained or taken somewhere in in myself i love that i love that that take on music yeah (laughs) i mean i had never put it into words anything like that before but it does resonate i've never put it in those terms either (laughs) but yeah i mean that that is kind of what it's been for me it's been you know meditative medicine i mean of, of course there you know there's a shadow side to everything too right like i have noticed that you know I, you know, have certain emotions attached to certain bands or songs, you know, that maybe remind me of being in, you know, lower aspects of my life or whatever, but like the music's so good. So I like still come back to it now and again. So like there's, there's a shadow side and sometimes it's like escapist, you know, if you rely too heavily upon any medicine, it becomes poison. You know what I mean? Yeah. And every music is also a vibration. And, yeah. like, for us personally, because of our experience, like, it carries the energy of what we were doing at that part of our life. Like, especially if we weren't intentional about the association. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, before you even create that association, to your point, all music has its own vibration. It has its, uh, its mood. You know, and it's like, what mood do I want to be tapping into? And I feel like when we're younger, we're going through that teenage angst phase or whatever, you know, we might tap into like some punk or metal or like, you know, something that's just like, all right, let's just, you know, whatever. And that may not be serving me as an adult, you know, maybe I need stuff that's more grounding and maybe more peaceful, you know, maybe that's the the mood that I need to be tuning into more often. You know, but I have this like nostalgia for, you know, whatever it is. Porcupine Tree is probably a good one for me. Like, it's beautiful, like progressive rock music, but the lyrics are just, they're not (laughs) life enforcing, like, you know, for the most part. I don't know. Coheed and Cambria is another one. I've went hard on them in 2020 and a little bit last year too. And I realized like it was just not only nostalgia. It was like there's something about that music that's so like stimulating. It's like it's like coffee, you know. It's like a, it's just yeah. it's fun. It's just uppity. It's really catchy, but like it's it's this sci-fi story. It's like violent. It's, you know, it's like do I really need to be like singing along to that th- sort of thing like <laughs> right. seven days a week? <laughs> I I definitely have some some music like that. Actually, one of my favorite artists. <laughs> I have to kind of avoid. Really? Yeah. Because, like, you know how much I love Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Like, 
most of that music is just like so dark, so dark. heavy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It also reminds me of the times in my life where I found that music. But it's like, it's so beautiful because it's such, oh, it's such good music. Right, right. Um, but I do really have to ask myself, I'm like, okay, you know what? What am I, where am I trying to resonate today? What am I trying to tune myself to? Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I do still listen to it, but it's like, how much am I listening to and for what purpose? Because, like, I'll put on the With Teeth album if I need to clean the whole house that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that'll give me some energy, but other than that, it's like, I don't need to be listening to anything. <laughs> I 100% feel that, yeah. It's it's so alluring, you know, like, uh, you know, I can't deny the nostalgia factor. Like, that definitely does play a part, you know, especially, you know, we're grown-ass adults, like, yeah, there is something um, attractive to going back to the things that we vibed with when we were kids or whatever, and it's just, like, you know, it has that sort of, like, homey feel. But also, you know, you and I happen to be into, like, really good music as young people, so it's like, damn, this stuff was actually really well-made, it's melodic, what? it's beautiful, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but... Yeah... To your point, though, I mean, I think that's, like, really wise to be able to have that level of discernment, you know, every day, every day asking ourselves, like, what, what do I want to be tuning in today? And am I just, is it just autopilot? Am I just putting on, you know, anathema because I listened to it yesterday and that's just what I listen to when I'm taking a shower or whatever? Like, I got into a big phase of doing that. I'm just like, I don't know that that's the vibe I need to be cleansing myself with every single day. So, yeah. Right. Being... like the intuitive eating it's like mm -hmm. you're even you are a different person every day so it's like what works for you one day it's not gonna work for you next week maybe <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, that's like a whole other layer to that i'm just realizing like it's not just you're different from other people but it's like you're different from your past selves <laughs> oh man and you're constantly that's why we have to be so aware wow Yes, yes. Man, this is, yeah, that's like such a depth of mindfulness. You know, we usually talk about mindfulness as being simply being present in the moment, you know, letting our mind be full so that our attention can be in our body and in the present moment, you know, but what you're talking about is a level of mindfulness that goes beyond that. It's like being so deeply aware of where we're at in a particular moment to be like, what do I need? Like, who am I today? You know, I don't have to be the same person I was yesterday, let alone an hour ago. You know, right. allowing ourselves to shift in that way. That is some serious, like, zen ninja <laughs> stuff, you know. It's, and it's like, it's, it's, it's mindfulness as a lifestyle, I guess. As a, as a way of being. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's so relevant to where I'm at in my life right now, too. You know, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, forgiveness and letting go of past versions of myself. And, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an actual grieving process to be able to say goodbye to the persons that we've habitually inhabited and embodied in our experience. We become right. addicted to it in a certain sense, you know? 
to that identity. And that's exactly kind of what you were talking about with like belief systems or having, you know, self beliefs that are perhaps limiting, you know, if, if we're telling ourselves, Oh, that's just how I am. That's just who I am. You know, well, you're choosing that, you know, you're choosing to remember that that's how you are. You could, Right. You could grieve it, you could forget it, you could mourn it, you could go on, you know. But but it's a process, and I, I don't mean to say that that, that it is that easy, because it's not. Right. <laughs> um, Something I did want to say, like, about crochet and everything lately, I definitely want to mention that there is an aspect of grace. Mm-hmm what has happened for me lately because it wasn't necessarily directly intentional. Like I just felt like one day I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to pull out all my yarn that I've been neglecting for the last couple of years. <laughs> like yarn that I had bought in New York. <laughs> and, um, and I just want to say there's an aspect of grace to it because it's not like I was, particularly working my way up to thoughts of like oh I can finish things (laughs) but it was more so like I was I was inspired to to follow this like little path of inquiry or curiosity and and interest so it does feel like there's an element of the divine and sort of like the timing of everything, the inspiration. And I'm really grateful for that because it allowed me to tap into the thoughts of um, you know, just it's 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 been it's given me a glimpse. It's like I got a glimpse from the divine of who I really am. So I was reminded <laughs> of what I'm capable of. And, like, another thing you said, too, is, like, you you haven't so much struggled with finishing things because you had a clear vision. And that's something that that I haven't had a lot, but I've become more aware of it lately because before I did this letter, I knew what it was going to look like, and I knew that I was going to have made it. Like, Mm. I saw it, and I was like, that's the one, and and I I didn't stop until I finished. And sometimes, like, I felt like my hand was going to crawl fall off because I would like I wouldn't stop crocheting <laughs> and like actually it's hilarious because a few days ago my dad tried to do like a little mini intervention thingy he's like Selena like that I haven't been crocheting the last couple of weeks <laughs> he's like Selena I think you need to stop and take a break like <laughs> put the needles down can I take picture <laughs> <laughs> I feel and it's you. like I got that authority, that agency to say this is going to be done by you know this date. So. Yeah, yeah. A, f- a few things are coming up for me. First, I just I love that you're using the word grace. That's the perfect word for it. And I absolutely agree with you that you know, as much as we try to take our lives into our and take the reins of our lives, you know, into our own hands. Um, at some point, we have to surrender to the mystery, you know. But the, again, it's both. It's both. Trust. Yeah, trusting. 
trust in some of your other videos. I really resonate with that. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like once we can surrender into that trust, then we open up space for us to have more of an intentional grasp on reality, if you will. You know, so I just want to point that out that I I totally vibe with that that language. And then, um, shoot, what else was I going to say? Uh, when it comes to vision, I just wanted to acknowledge that I definitely have more work to do, to do so to speak, when it comes to that, you know, because while I do have, uh, while that's been true for, say, creating an album, you know, like the Solati project for me, that was a great anchor for, for years, for literal years. In fact, I haven't even released the full album version of it yet. Like, that's how... Really? Yeah, like I've only released the two EPs. So the two EPs were never intended to be EPs. Sola and Lati. It was always okay. written as an actual album. And now I've uh, I've added some drum set. Uh, my buddy Ryan, who's like basically the other half of the band at this point. Um, the live band for sure. I've got him on a few tracks, putting his percussion on there. And uh, so there's like new mixes of of some of those tracks some of them are the same but i'm going to release that as an actual album like soon this spring or summer um so so my point is while i have had vision within certain projects i'm realizing that like i need to have vision for my whole life you know like what am i actually doing here what do i want to be doing here and what what purpose am i serving who am i serving and for what right because we're always serving somebody. We're either serving the, the, the gods of gluttony and uh, laziness and whatever it may be, you know. But we, we're, we're serving right. something, some energy. So getting what are we to? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I just wanted to point that out because, like, for me, it's easy for, for writing an album or whatever. But, like, for my for my business, you know, what am I, what am I with this channel and like resounding source in general, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of vision for that in the last couple of years as the world's been changing and stuff like that. And, uh, it's becoming more clear to me now what I do have to share with a community, um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out because it can be that, that, uh, the series, the review series is a perfect example. You know, I started something, I had momentum for like a few weeks and then I kind of just like, I mean, it was an experiment. It did. And I did have the intention of like, I'll see how it goes. Like, see if it's something that people are interested in. And I guess I just sort of felt like, eh, like maybe long format stuff isn't really what people are interested in or whatever. So it became that I was, I was relying on the external cues for whether or not I wanted to do this. But now, especially through this conversation, I am feeling more anchored into why that's a cool thing to do, you know, to like, like I said, invite people into a more mindful listening experience. And you know what? I just correlated. This may have been a direct impact from listening to all your review videos. I think I listened to like half of them or like two thirds of what all you had as far as the song reviews. Oh, nice. And I just realized like, Ever since then, I have been finding new music, which I have rarely ever done. Is like go out actually new music. <laughs> like I'll usually find something and then like just listen to that over and over again for the next two years. <laughs> Same. They do. But I have. I think 
you helped me lean into such a deeper mindfulness of music and which is like saying a lot too because I, you know I'm a musician that's one of the many pavilion different things <laughs> that I do and um I do I have noticed that I'm more open to the full experience of the song instead of just like oh I heard something that was cool let me save that and listen to it for a few months but it's like I'm actually like listening to new music feeling into it and um I don't know that I've really done that before so so thank you I think that may have been um <laughs> well thank you for saying that yeah I, I I really appreciate that feedback even just yesterday or a couple days ago yeah it was yesterday I was driving back from doing lessons for whatever reason oh Radiohead came a Radiohead song came on a playlist that I was listening to and it made me think about uh, that I did the review for what song was that? Uh, Weird Fishes. Weird. Yeah, I love uh, that song. Yeah, and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Like, as sort of lame as it is to get caught up in the numbers of social media and online stuff, like you know, whatever. But I was thinking about. It, I was like, you know what? Like that video reached like almost three thousand people. Like, if I had played a show or done that live in front of three thousand people. That's a big deal. Like, you know, even if, even if half of them didn't finish the video or half of them were like, oh, this fucking hippie or whatever, you know, like, whatever, you know, the fact that something can have a reach, you know, I'm like, that's worth doing. If I could help inspire a third of that amount of people, if I could help inspire one person to be more mindful, like, that's worth doing, you know, and it's just, it's easy for me to lose motivation when I don't have a clear anchor to my vision and my motivation for why I'm even doing this stuff, you know? Right. Right. So I think I did get kind of caught up in like, oh, I, you know, wanting to, you know, lean into entrepreneurship and like wanting to pay my bills with creativity and stuff. And like, I, I just take a lot of encouragement from what you said earlier about like, don't even worry about that. Don't worry about paying the bills. Like, Focus on serving a community. Focus on serving your spirit. Like, what what in, inspires you, you know? What in life is exciting to do? Do that! Just do that! See, and trust, and see what comes, you know? It's just like, we try to figure everything out from the start, but, you know. Right! And it's like, we're not meant to figure everything out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have the capacity. Uh, I know. I'm serious. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was just having this this experience on Saturday, um, where I was again finding myself in a moment of uh, verbalizing the mystery of life, and I was talking to Kara about it, and I can't remember exactly what I was saying, but you know, I just had to laugh at myself after about five minutes. I was just like. You know, we'll never know. And that's like, that's been my biggest saving grace, honestly, in my life. Because as you know, I'm an extremely heady, cerebral type of energy. So I am trying to like kind of figure things out. And luckily, I've been graced with enough exposure to whatever, to grace, um, that I've, you know, I, I feel comfortable and I feel solace in surrendering to the mystery. And knowing that I won't know at all. 
And uh, but still, again, it's both. It's not either or. It's both. You know, so it's like it's not that I stop communicating about it. It's not that I stop trying to embrace the mystery or embrace understanding. You know, and a mm-hmm. deeper orientation into the moment. You know, um, it's just that I'm not. I'm not doing it from a place of I have to figure this out. You know, like right. Right. No, you're right. It is a balance. It's like, obviously, there's things we have to figure out. Yeah. But don't be, like, figuring things out so much that you don't have trust in the flow of life and the the importance of the flow. Absolutely. (laughs) And, um, you know, acknowledging that, like, we're, we're pretty small and we have a pretty small capacity for understanding the enormity of the mysteries of the universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we're here is because of those mysteries. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to incorporate them into our life, at least through awareness, <laughs> acknowledging. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's part of uh the beauty of community too, is you know, me uh relaxing my desperation to figure it all out for myself, you know, maybe that will open me up to a humbleness, a humility to, uh, you know, learn from, from other people who have access to different information that I don't have. But if I never open up the conversation because I'm trying to figure it all out for myself, you know, then that's, that's creating a limitation, you know, and, and on the other side of that coin is like, you know, if I don't share what I've explored again, not from a place of desperation, but from a place of celebration and playfulness, you know, then I'm, I'm robbing other people from access to what I've accessed. And it's not like, oh, I figured this stuff out. Check it out. It's like, this has helped my life. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a more free person because of what I've been exposed to and what I've exposed in myself, you know. So I feel like the least I can do is have fun conversations about it and, uh, you know, et cetera. <laughs> but um yeah i've got to run to this lesson in like 10 minutes but uh um super appreciate you doing this this was so much fun we we could definitely yeah thank you we could definitely do like a million more of these episodes like i would like to i would like to do another one like soonish and like have you uh have a chance to talk about you know energy work and like the more etheric stuff that you're into and and stuff like that yeah 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 thank you for inviting me all right, thank you for listening. It was just a really fun conversation with Selena. We could honestly go on for hours and hours, as we have done in the past. And I'm sure she will be a recurring guest for this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. And one thing that I do want to start doing with guests is asking if there's any takeaways from the episode that we want to walk away with. Um, for me, I think the biggest reminder for me was the importance of me anchoring myself via clear vision. You know, when I can have a clear vision of why I'm doing what I'm doing, that really truly grounds me into motivation, whereas otherwise I can easily sway from from feeling motivated. So um, there were quite a few, so you might have a different thing that stood out to you, but I would say for me personally, if I could pick one thing, to start to implement into my life. It's just to continue to check in with my vision of what am I stepping into and how does that play a part in the grand scheme of what I see my life working towards. So anyway, anyway, I appreciate you tuning in. Keep flowing.